0: to the Adelan rising podcast where your hosts Saren lynn and adam in today's episode we will be discussing marvel's x number six guardians of the galaxy number seven and fantastic four number 25 hi guys what have you been up to this week
1: well i've been stalking Mirko de noia's instagram page <laughs> because both. he is working on the most beautiful in humans commission
2: It it is. It is amazing.
1: It is so detailed, and he is just the king of cross hatching. Yeah, Yeah. cross
2: hatching. I mean, like, like what? What? If you want to do cross hatching, you must hate yourself because that just looks like he's going to take decades to do. I could
0: watch him do that of steel all day, though. Like just watching like his streams when he streamed it. It's just I don't know. It's it's kind. I find it very soothing to watch. It's just beautiful
2: yeah it it really is like i i I, just the size of this commission just looks insane and it features all of the main royals and that kind of stuff it's just it's just amazing
1: the the pencils by itself were gorgeous and then he starts (laughs) coloring it with these microscopic little lines
0: yeah just, it's insane. Because he's,
1: he's not just shading it with cross-hatching, he's coloring it with cross-hatching.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so if anybody who listens to this podcast is actually getting that commission, then we are incredibly envious of you.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and um, if it disappears, it's likely that Lynn pulled a heist and took from out. Shh!
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be a time travel heist, so future Lynn is going <laughs> to... Go back in time to get it. Oh, Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's done. just it's just insane. Is I like, like, like that that guy just has just the amazing eye for, eye for detail as well. I mean that's just that's it's just oh, like, it's really good. Other commissions
0: oh, are beautiful too. So um, what's his Instagram so we can have more people follow him?
1: He is Merko underscore Art, and if you go to our Twitter page. We have retweeted a link, a lot yeah, of times. Okay. Yeah, and
2: I think we're going to keep retweeting that link because it's just <laughs> it's just insanely good.
1: And we haven't even seen the whole thing together. You get little corners of it.
2: Yeah. Right? Although, I, like his his lockjaw yeah, is amazing. It.
0: Yeah, and then his black bolt and Medusa. Whoa.
2: Just how he's done Medusa's hair as well. I mean, he's just yeah. he's just gone. Wow. You know. Um that's all i can say is wow and that's amazing and
0: yeah <laughs> i that's... have no
2: other descriptive words for follow. it Follow.
0: <laughs> i can't believe he doesn't have like thousands of followers at this point so please everyone follow he does he deserves the follows. so follow him
2: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: uh moving on i guess we've got uh january solicits are out still no dark hold oh that's a Boo. bummer
2: yeah, and uh, and Eternals has now slipped to January 2021. So, although for some reason Marvel has still solicited, issue three is coming out in January when issue one has is now been moved to January. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit confused there. But yeah, Eternals has slipped, which is a shame. I don't. I think it was subtly confirmed by Kieran Gillen. It wasn't like overly publicised, but it's meant to come out in a couple of weeks' time.
0: But can we just say how happy we are to have Kieran Gillen back on a book at Marvel? Because I'm excited. Hey, he's on on two. Oh, wait, what's the other one he's on? What did I miss?
2: The other one is the Warhammer 40K Marnius Calgary.
0: book. Oh, yeah, he plays Warhammer. So he's, yeah, we've also got Jamie McKelvey back doing covers. So um, that's exciting, too. He did did the one, um, the Alien cover for Captain Marvel number 25. Oh, yeah. That one's fantastic.
2: Oh, I really hope he comes. Yeah, gets on a gets on a book at some point. I mean, you know, Wicked in the Divine is just amazingly good, and I I keep using the word amazingly good, but these artists are just fantastic.
0: Um, we've also had a future fight update for the mobile game. Um,
2: how do you feel about that one?
0: I'm excited, (laughs) but I'm also kind of pissed off because I finally, after five years of yelling at them for, can you please give us Jessica Drew? And I know I wasn't the only one. They give us to her, but she's behind a paywall.
2: I hate that about games. I do too. I really hate the the fact you have to pay for a skin. Is like you know,
0: yeah. And this isn't a skin. She's a totally new character. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. but they know that since we've been asking for her for so long, they know that the people who want her will pay for her.
2: Yeah, I ju- yeah. That, that bugs me. It just, uh, yeah, it's just frustrating um, because, like you said, it's so many people want her, therefore, yeah. they go, Oh, we can capitalize on that,
0: right?
1: She better be worth it for being, beh- being behind a paywall
0: in the play style I've seen. Um, a lot of people like her, they think she's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, for her, she's an awakened character. Oh, so, okay. so she, her, her awakened ability, um, you, it looks like you'll actually need to have Gwen and Silk unlocked mm-hmm. to do it. And also Gwen and Silk are also becoming awakened characters and they all, all three of them have the same awakened ability, um, with slightly different animations, but I think it sounds ah. like you have to have, or those two are part of her awakened ability. It's kind of cool um she's got a really good crowd control ability mm-hmm. that i think a lot of people are gonna like because it stuns it says three seconds but it's really like six seconds stun, which is kind of cool mm. and um she's got a lot of debuffing and a leadership ability um okay. they also in, uh, introduced scream who's going to be the free character and um, a lot of her animations remind me of medusa so uh I yeah scream is update.
2: uh scream is one of the symbiotes isn't isn't it
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's a symbiote update so uh
2: yeah, of course, it's, it, they're trying to tie it into King and in Black, aren't they?
0: Yeah, because yeah, Null's the big boss. Because isn't Null going to be in there too? Yeah, he's the it's, big boss. He's not playable, but you have to... And he, apparently he's really, really hard. And um, what's pissed a lot of people off about this update is they've updated the card system. And you can you know update your card once for free, but everything else you have to have a premium card unlocked in order to update the cards again. Which is, And stupid. I'm guessing you
2: have to pay for a premium card.
0: <sighs> uh Yes. Yeah, Come
2: on. But as, as we all know, Null, God is coming.
1: He is coming. <laughs> and you know, I was, I was thinking about that the other day.
0: Oh, I missed this. What's, what were you thinking about?
1: Well, back in 2018, Donny Keats revealed in issue four of Venom that the reason symbiotes are weak to fire and sound is because of the way they were made by Null. And what else happened in 2018?
2: <laughs> oh well, yeah. Don't don't remind us.
1: <laughs> Do, Donny Cates nerfed the loudest guy in the Marvel universe.
0: Oh snap!
2: Yeah, and and we, we I kind of had a you know, about this afterwards. Sorry, I just got to cut in there um, where we spoke about what other characters are sound based. And none of none of the yeah none of the ones that we could pick up on being sound based were as powerful as Black Bolt. Like you know, it was just listening yeah, out, banshee, like banshee siren
1: songbird. I hmm.
2: think, that, I think that was it mostly. Uh, yeah. Ulysses
1: claws got like a sound power,
2: and
1: but I mean, mean nobody's spectacular
0: sound, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, she can kind of take it in and convert it. So
0: she can, cause she can absorb it, and she can absorb that. Yeah, but that yeah.
1: doesn't—that does you know good against a symbiote, right? That actually helps huh. them.
0: But who we it's have fire? Nice and quiet. But if they're weak to fire, we still have fire-based heroes. Yeah. You've got Johnny Storm, um, Firestar, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you know, Crystal? you got a guy who's loud enough to crack a planet,
0: right? And Null
1: Noel, Noel isn't. You know, afraid of sound or fire, but all those creatures are.
2: Yeah, so I, I think just... Johnny
1: got him out of the way.
2: Yeah, and I, I kind of, I, I kind of really want them to tie in somewhere, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I keep thinking the fact that, that they were going to have in
0: Empire. I don't know. I feel like something's big, kind of brewing for the Inhumans, but they're just keeping them, or they're just going to bring them back like they did the Fantastic Four in like a kind of uneventful. I don't know. I felt like yeah. the fantastic. Yeah. Well, if working. you have a
1: symbiote event coming and you're the writer of the symbiote event. Yeah. T- taking out the one guy, that would be a major help.
2: Yeah. And Makes and this sense. is Donny Cates, who who has basically been like trying to lead up to some sort of massive Venom conclusion sort of thing for literally the last two, basically two and a half years, I want to say. Yeah. Um, because I, I remember like talking about Venom with a friend of mine literally before death of the inhumans happened and uh they just introduced no and they just introduced the whole god is coming thing and uh it, it, it donny case is one of the few writers that actually got me really interested in venom to be perfectly honest with you and uh yeah he's, he's done doing a spectacular job on that book okay so this week we kind of had the issue six of marvel's x which was the finale of the uh the marvel's x series it it was it was nice but also kind of bleak, which I think depending on your kind of how you feel at the moment, might not be the book to read for you. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvel's X issue six, uh story was by Alex Ross and Jim Kruger, script was by Jim Kruger, artist is well B. letter is Corey Petit, cover artist is Alex Ross, variant covers is well B. Uh, graphic designer was Carlos Lau, assistant editors Martin Biro, associate editors Alana Smith, and editor was Tom Brevort. So, like I said, the finale of this excellent series is here. Uh, after all, the heroes of New York were hiding inside the Baxter Building and being attacked by the mutants. Luke Cage and Nighthawk looking to try and stop the destruction on the street. Uh, disruption on the street. So each of the heroes get kind of like a. A mention on panel. Each have a panel each uh, about how David kind of believes Daredevil's dad is proud of him. How there are always more mutants, despite however many the heroes manage to take out. Uh, Reed manages to engage his final de- defense system, which is a portal to the neg- to the negative zone, uh, and the the Eternal Icarus sacrifices himself to protect David. Um, so, David gets told to hide and where he finds a place and keeps himself out of sight until his moment comes where he can help Captain America to get his shield back when he's struck by one of the mutants, dead. The heroes lament his death, saying how he'd the power to bring them all back together. Peter Parker, Daredevil, and May Parker stand around David's grave uh, with Peter and May also stopping at Mary Jane's grave. Later, Nighthawk has a vision. He goes back to David's grave and starts digging. Maybe he did have a power after all and is not able to die. You know, And as it turns out, David is in fact the Daredevil that we know from the EarthX series who amuses circus goers with uh, being killed and then coming back from the dead. And he features prominently on the cover of EarthX issue one. And once you realise this, there's a really cool line in EarthX where Daredevil <laughs> is asked why he wants to be psychic of someone whose sidekicks had an unfortunate habit of dying. Um, And he kind of responds to that, you know, yeah, that's what I want. Um, And I I felt this kind of related nicely to the comment where David is like, he just wants to be Cap's sidekick just to know him. Um, And it kind of shows how it got twisted over time.
1: Yeah, I I was not expecting that. You know, I I spent this whole series afraid that David was going to die because I've read Earth X and there's no kid named David. And there is no cure. So well done, Alex Ross and Jim Krueger. Because now it's, it makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was a really good ending. And I felt like actually turning him into the one character we, we probably didn't really expect was a a real kind of stroke of genius, really. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I I thought it was was a really nice ending. um, And I really enjoyed how this book works within the greater Earth X universe yeah, it doesn't change anything with the within the original stories, but it manages to add that kind of layer of interest, and it adds something we didn't have before, which is uh, which is really fun. Um, but saying that, though, it's not like it isn't a bleak ending, um, considering he goes on to be you know Daredevil two, who kills himself for a living, and uh, mm. yeah, this this book <laughs> potentially isn't one to raise your spirits at this point in time. Um, you know, the the other thing I kind of wanted to mention was the fact that there is some little disappointment of kind of not having our favorite Inhumans on the book. But I am going to go back and now read Earth-X because uh, I'll be able to get some Inhuman content.
1: No, oh, they you know, they really couldn't be in this unless there was a flashback. Because Black Bolt released the Terrigen into the Earth's atmosphere and then just ran off to space. You know, Good luck with that, everybody. See ya. Yeah. And they don't show up again until about halfway through Earth-X. And, you know, honestly, if you haven't read Earth X or listened to this spoiler filled podcast, not having them in this story saves that reveal for the main book.
2: Yeah, you know, that is a that is a good point. And I hadn't actually kind of thought that through, obviously. Yeah, that's a really good point.
1: So the only spoiler in here is that, yeah, that mysterious Daredevil guy is David.
2: Yeah, yeah. No that's a good point I hadn't, I hadn't I hadn't sort of put that all together in my head so uh yeah in terms of like the writing and stuff um I thought the writing was really good it's been really consistent and uh and it's just like I said mentioned uh, like I mentioned previously it just adds to kind of that adds that layer of what we already knew about the the FX series and you know Par- going on to Paradise X and Universe X it doesn't really change anything about those series it, it's not like a writer's kind of retroactively adding things um, this was this was a really good standalone book. You know, what I really liked was the comment from Ghost Rider uh, right at the end of the book about meeting your heroes and how it changes you. And I I kind of wonder if this was just a comment on the general problem with sidekicks in the Marvel universe, not just Marvel universe. I mean, like DC, Sidekick Marvel in general. Image. Yeah, you end up they end up sort of uh, dying for the cause, which is a bit bleak. I mean, Bucky's the the one that comes to mind most.
1: Hence outlawed.
2: Yes, yep. exactly, yeah, and actually it's a really good uh well, it could be a really good reference to that, even though they're you know completely different stories
0: um although really though outlawed if you you you're okay to superhero if you have a sponsor like <laughs>
2: that's a good point yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so but
1: but notice how many don't actually have a sponsor
0: exactly <laughs> no nobody wants that's that <laughs> what I'm saying. um but if you're a, a sidekick.
2: Then you've got a sponsor, and therefore you are completely legal <laughs> to and die. You're
0: likely to yeah. die. <laughs> right, <laughs>
2: that's a good point.
0: <laughs> just saying.
2: But yeah, I, this book nothing was overdone. It was very straightforward with everything. Like nothing was convoluted or, you know, difficult to kind of grasp. Um, you know, issue six and every book before it just felt well paced and 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 kind of fulfilling, really. And the art as well, Welby does a fantastic job. This entire series has been consistently good. And, uh, you know, as what we said with issue five, it really manages to kind of evoke that feeling of the of the original FX series and the general look of it. And it's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly hope that he is going to get more more work at Marvel. I hope so. So overall, like I say, it's a really fantastic book, but it's very bleak considering the topics involved and the kind of the ongoing situation across the planet. It all felt a bit too real. Um, whilst we're not all being like attacked by mutants or whatever or whatever, many people are feeling like it's a risk to go to the shop or, you know, there's a hope in the hope in a vaccine and belief in the real heroes in the world at the moment. And it it does feel very close to home um and because of this i kind of feel that it was released almost at the wrong time and i do wonder if it's because of the pandemic that it wasn't marketed in the same way that it could have been mostly because to me it seems like it didn't get the marketing it really deserved
1: uh i think they probably held off on the marketing for that very reason hey
2: (laughs) do you enjoy being afraid of
1: everyone around you and not being able to leave the house (laughs) have we got a book for you (laughs)
0: <laughs> right
2: yeah yeah no that's that's a good point um and like i say if you if if you're not if you're not looking for a happy ending or anything like that this is the book for you but if you want something a bit more uplifting then don't get this book or at least don't read it until sort of you know some point in the future but it, 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 it's, it's a fantastic entry into the earthx universe um and i enjoy it really for just what it is, and it, it's, a, it's a nice, straightforward book that you can enjoy without having to read everything else. Uh, it serves as a nice prequel, really. And whether this is kind of your first experience with the Earth-X universe or your returning from Earth-X, Paradise-X, uh, Universe-X, it's really well worth the read. And I kind of hope there's more series like this. Uh, so we we give this one five out of five lock jaws. Uh, and just to mention that the trade is out on the 15th of December.
1: Just in time for your holiday shopping. Woo. Yep.
2: Or if in the UK and you want the UK version of that print, it's not out until next February, March time. Oh. So, <laughs> which uh, it's, it's, it's very odd in the UK because we get like a Panini imprint and we get a Marvel imprint. And the Panini one is always a few months later. I don't know why, but anyway, go buy it. <laughs> uh. So should we right. move on to Guardians of the Galaxy?
0: So uh, moving right along, we are going into Guardians of the Galaxy number 7. The name of this issue is Let's Talk Politics. Script by Al Ewing. Artist is Marcio Takara. Colors are by Federico Blee. Letterer, Corey Pettit. Cover artist is Raphael Albuquerque. Designer, Anthony Gambino. Assistant editor, Laura Amaro. And editors, Darren Chan and Mark Basso. Apparently, I missed an issue or two of Guardians because I'm very confused about um, Moon <laughs> Dragon.
2: Yeah, I, I, okay, I yeah. had exactly the same problem because I kind of read it from issue one. So yeah. <laughs> you're not the only one there.
0: Good. And um, <laughs> either way, Philo Bell's pissed. I was kind of confused by that. Okay,
1: she she's pissed because in the last issue, the perfect Moon Dragon from the superhero universe, TRN seven oh seven. That she's married to, combined with the flawed six sixteen moon dragon, because she was sad,
0: oh oh dear okay. so these this
1: is the perfect phyla and the perfect moon dragon,
0: and now she's with an imperfect moon dragon got it
1: and now she's her wife has combined with the imperfect one and didn't bother to ask anybody's opinion about that.
2: Yeah, so they they kind of entered the the six one six universe via the Infinity Countdown event, which uh, right yeah was certainly eventful, which was by Jerry Duggan what last year, year before something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, got it.
1: Okay, yeah, this, the the new Moon Dragon is much nicer than our Moon Dragon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so now that we have that clarified, moving right along. Uh, the Guardians are on a diplomatic mission, or at least Adam Ant, I mean Novar, is. <laughs> um, Galactic Diplomatic Conference has been called in the fallout of Empire. Novar is representing the Utopian Kree. The rest of the Guardians remain behind as backup because he's pretty sure everything is going to go to shit.
1: Uh, I just want to add that L. Ewing obviously has amazing taste in music. Yes, he does. You guys can keep that heavy metal noise you like, post-punk I... and new wave all the way.
0: Whatever. I like my heavy metal music and I shall embrace it.
2: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I'll have you know that Devin Townsend did an excellent cover of Disco Inferno. So Okay,
1: you know. sure. The <laughs> Tramps version is obviously better.
0: <laughs> anyway, joining NoGar... Joining Novar at the conference as Earth representative is Nova Richard Ryder. Carol was nixed as the Earth rep because she's half Cree. And uh, let's get to know our fellow diplomats because this is going to be uh, important later. We've got Clurt and uh, Captain Valor of the Scree Empire.
1: If this is your first time listening, we call the Cree Scroll Alliance the Scree because we have a really hard time saying Cree Scroll <laughs> Alliance. Right. <laughs> so we, we gave them a celebrity couple name. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, we also have Lani Ho'ako of the Badoon Sisterhood, uh, Nimbus Sternhoof of the Chimelians, Emperor Stoat of the Zinrix. Mentacle of the Rygelians, Oracle 2 of the Shiar, Zoralis Gupa of the Galactic Rim Collective, Empress Victoria of Spartac- Spartax, <laughs> guess whose sister she is, <laughs> and uh, P- the Peacebringer of the Chitari. It
2: was it was nice to see the Chimelians get a mention in this issue. It's been way too long.
0: Yes, for a minute there, I thought they were universal in humans, and I was like, oh no, those are gone. That's right, <laughs> oh. that was very sad. So it doesn't take very long at all before objections are being thrown left and right. As one ambassador is missing and is accused of being up to no good, mental scans confirm he's in the bathroom, to which more objections arise.
1: Yeah, it's weird, but I love it when they acknowledge that you still need a potty break in space.
0: Right. So, so just something to
2: add on that, and it's uh, <laughs> just just a little something to add. <laughs> Just a weird fact to put out there, but apparently they've actually now invented a space toilet that is suitable for women as well.
0: Oh, good to know, I guess. Yeah. Have... <laughs> well, it's Four about time. Have to evacuate Earth and <laughs> it goes on fire. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, talk turns to the current treaty's uh, use of astro weapons, uh, particularly the pyre that was used by the Scree. Colert says weapons will not be used so long as Teddy sits on the throne, to which Marvel Boy, Marvel Boy uh, throws some shade about how the Kree Imperium wants the breakaway factions dead. Valor confirms that as long as Teddy sits on the throne, they will work towards peace. Novar throws even more shade at the at the screen, asking what happens if they if uh, Teddy loses the throne. To which Colert says, "May that day never come." Valour follows that up with a death threat towards a <laughs> nobar's Cre <laughs> <free> fraction <laughs> to which Clert responds even i know better there was a better way of putting that
1: and, <laughs> and he thought he'd be a bad diplomat
0: <laughs> right
2: that was the favorite bit of the issue for me just like literally Clert giving a lesson in diplomacy i mean <laughs> right. you'd never have thought it
0: <laughs> right so uh Richard Rider, being the awesome dude that he is, uh, proposes that all the treaties remain in force, unmodified, and applies to all present, and adds that the Scree Alliance decommission all forbidden weaponry and to, uh, inspections from neutral parties. Marvel Boy decides to use the bathroom while the vote is passed, and there he finds a dying Emperor Sto of the Zenrex um... Stoat's last words are shifted form before he dies. It's not long before Valor finds Marvel Boy with the dead Rex, and immediately accuses him of murder. Valor goes uh to shoot Novar, but the barrel of his gun turns to face him, and it's Valor who winds up taking a bullet to the face. That
1: gun was hysterical.
2: <laughs> I think I think that entire bathroom scene. <laughs> the entire bathroom scene was just hysterical because it was just like a constant. Now, I know this looks bad, guys, <laughs> but it wasn't me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of some Hawkeye vibes there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in Rush's Clerk, who finds Novar holding Valor's gun and looking guilty, Clerk grabs a protesting no by the scruff um, of his neck as a Richard Ryder watches on. Things aren't looking good for Novar, but Richard has called him back up in the form of a very hungover racket, <laughs> rocket raccoon. <laughs> Oh God. So my overall impression of this book is it's a whodunit in space. So what's not to love about it?
2: <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, right? that, that's. It's a so good. Locked
0: room murder mystery. Right. <laughs> I, I really can't wait to see where this goes. Uh, shapeshifters immediately make me think of scrolls, but there are other shapeshifting races out there. Yeah. The, the inanimate objects changing
1: is weird though. Cause I,
0: I don't know who can do that. I don't know either i oh, will have to think. So, if you're listening yeah. to this and and know a little bit more about who could do that, please remind us. I we
2: do I that. just I just wonder if it's gonna be like a casual reference in like Avengers forty two or something where probably Al Ewing has picked up like this race of people that were saved. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it and past then... him. It's been a while since I uh laughed so hard reading a comic. This was just amazing. <laughs> I just it was yeah absolutely love this issue i was a bit disappointed we didn't get any inhuman representatives but outside of lockjaw i guess uh they all think the royal inhumans are gone we know they're not but i can't recall if anyone else remembers they um,
1: they know know. because that was brought up in kate's guardians they know they're out there because lockjaw comes and goes from wherever they are and i think only beta ray bill knows where that is right yeah
0: okay um, so, does this make the Inhumans of New Adelan fall under Richard's writer's representation? I want to say yes because they're on Earth.
2: Yeah, I, I, I want to know how they feel about that. Like, uh, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to know how like the Krokoans as well would feel about that too, about the fact that they've got representation from, from Nova, a filthy human, <laughs> yeah, who doesn't yeah. technically speak in represent everybody there, but is rep- is actually there to represent them.
0: Right. Um, Valor's punishment as a diplomat didn't last very long, but is he really dead considering that premonition in Empire? True. And is this all a setup from within the Scree Alliance?
2: Well, I mean, it's kind of like you said. It's, it's the yeah. fact that the only shape-shifting race of people that we know of is the screw uh, the, scr- no, the scrolls there's... not the screw well like no not the study. only one but it's the main one you think of
0: right there was there was another one and i just can't remember what they were called
2: you know and the, the other thing is is that it could well be like a you know like a psychic or something who makes them makes you think you're looking at an inanimate object oh,
0: yeah. yeah and there are a couple of psychics who may be able to who might have some uh telekinetic powers as well and move the shit around. Yeah, because yeah, so. of course
2: Moondrag did the Moondragon did the same trick earlier on in the uh in the series when they were trying to take on the uh And there was
0: mm-hmm. that uh you know how the who was it? It was Manticle who uh scanned uh Zynrex in the bathroom, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going. And then the other <laughs> <teleported> <laughs> was like, You can't do that. And she's like, Well, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, the- yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's lots of telepaths there. Um. Yeah. So that one of them could have switched that gun around. You never know. yeah True. Poor Rocket. Uh, taking Quill's death hard. Even though we know
1: he's gonna kind of coming back. Oh yeah. Come on. Athena had the prophecy from issue two that said the fool saint will be lost, not to return until transformed.
2: Hmm. And I'm getting a little have... bit bored. And if there's a fool, it's, it's yeah, that guy. It's, it's, yeah. I'm also getting a little bit, a little bit bored of tarot cards. I mean, is there no other <laughs> way of prophesizing something other than tarot cards? Right. Uh, but, um, I, but it's so the the other card I, I had was that you know I've spent much of today catching up on Owl's Guardian Run, um, and I'm kind of intrigued as to how all this is going to tie together because he wouldn't introduce uh, or reintroduce Zeus and Athena and all of the Greek gods, if there wasn't a purpose for them, so I'm kind of like, hmm.
0: He's pl- Al, but Al also likes to play the long game.
2: Oh, definitely, yeah.
0: So, we'll be seeing more of them, for sure. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, characterization was on point. Al does a great job of balancing out everyone's different personalities. <laughs> and uh, Rocket's dialogue sounds
1: exactly like Bradley Cooper's Rocket. Yeah. Especially with the way Corey bolds the words for emphasis yeah that is bolding done right i was reading another series that i won't mention and the letterer seemed to highlight all the wrong words <laughs> and it made it so painful to read because it just throws off the rhythm
0: yeah it does and uh yeah. i actually i am fully in support of um rocket sounding like bradley cooper so <laughs> i'm i'm way there for that um Al also knows when to let the art speak, like that silent panel after the death threat, <laughs> and everyone's just like standing like,
2: just, just sort of like I can just I can just imagine that being like in a movie scene, and everybody just turns their head slightly,
0: <laughs> like oh. I'm
2: just like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. And then um, I really thoroughly enjoyed the running Adam and joke, and how everyone in space knows who Adam Man is. <laughs>
1: To have deep cut jokes for song lyrics. Hey, it's the dandy Highwayman.
2: (laughs) And I do know who Adamant is, by the way, just to...
1: I'm so proud of you.
2: (laughs) Um, Just wanted to mention that.
0: (laughs) Marcio Takara and Federico Blee are an excellent team. Uh, The expressions and colors are on point. Um, There's not a lot of action in this. It's a very much a talking heads issue, but the art is still incredibly expressive. And... um, bold as
2: well it's 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 bold and bright
0: right and it's it's just when you because talking head issues can sometimes drag but this issue went by really fast it was just such a perfect combination of dialogue and art it was so great um overall this was a fantastic issue and a great setup for the next arc and a follow-up of empire um i am once again so so happy that the al ewing is in charge of um cosmic marvel that was like such a great move so i'm giving this one a five out of five lock jaws because the last this book provided were much needed this week
1: and I, I know we didn't mention him but i just want to add that hercules is a treasure yeah
0: he would say something kind i would say something kind <laughs> <Yes.
1: laughs> file is just like Ugh.
0: like hercules is the p- definition of a himbo uh, he is he is so yeah. pure he is 100 a himbo and i love him
2: See this. This is yeah. absolutely like Marvel's X was a bit of a downer, but this one was definitely what I needed to read. It was a good palate after cleanser. Marvel's X. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to be fair, both the both uh, this Guardians book and Fantastic Four were incredibly good palate cleansers. Yes, I, I I'm I so guess. glad I caught up on this today. I'm so glad I did because it's just such a fun run.
0: And I love when Al whenever Al writes Rocket Raccoon, Rocket's always in a suit. <laughs> And I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's a good look on him. It is, with his guns and everything. Yeah. And then um the blurb for next issue is gonna be good.
2: So yeah, and obviously oh, next yeah. issue the next issue we get the profiteer back.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. The worst so... person in the universe. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So look forward to that.
0: Yes. Uh if you're not reading Guardians, uh get on it. This is actually a pretty good issue to jump on if you're not sure. Uh uh, if you haven't been reading it, other than my little confusion at the beginning, uh, really good jumping on point.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, the confusion doesn't really change anything about the book. I think um, I think if, even if you hadn't known that, you you probably still get on with the book. All right. And I'm sure it's going to come up later in greater detail.
0: Oh, absolutely. Phyla's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no not letting that go. No, she's not. <laughs> so I guess uh, moving on to Fantastic Four.
1: Fantastic Four, number 25, There Shall Come a Reckoning, which is an interesting choice of words considering Athena's prophecy from Guardians 2 that we just talked about that ended with a reckoning coming for us all. So keep your eye on the cosmic titles. The writer is Dan Slott. The artists are R.B. Silva, Paco Medina, and Will Robson. Color artists are Jesus Arbatov and Marcio Meñez. Letterer is Joe Caramagna, cover artist Mark Brooks, and there are variant covers by Joe Cassada, Danny Mickey, Richard Eisenov, Alex Ross, Stanley Art Lau, Nick Bradshaw and John Rauch, and Scotty Young. Uh,
0: can we Graphic talk about dis- that Alex Ross cover?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous.
2: That's the Black That's Bolt the- one, isn't it?
1: It, it is. It's
0: a the timeless variant.
1: Yeah, Medusa will be on Antithesis, number three.
2: Yeah, they're they're very, very pretty. Alex Ross does a beautiful job.
1: And I think that's the first time he's drawn the 616 versions of them.
2: Yeah, I think
0: you're right.
1: Graphic designer is Carlos Lau, assistant editor Martin Biro, associate editor Alana Smith, and editor Tom Brevoort. Now that everyone's back home after the events of Empire and the mystery of the first substitute Fantastic Four member has been resolved, the fam is ready for some new adventures. Out in Earth's orbit, the helmsman, who somehow knows the Fantastic Four, and his unnamed henchmen arrive in Earth's orbit and set about stealing mysterious lockboxes from locations all around the globe.
2: See, So just a quick one on the, on the helmsman. I had an initial thought, I'll just run past you guys, which was, I thought he was an, uh, an Aleph from um, the Hickman and Avengers run.
1: Yeah, th- that's what I thought. But then I, I zoomed in and the face doesn't match. And I really think the builders were nowhere near as powerful as these guys.
0: And what's, just out of curiosity, what's ultimate read to up these days? Um, I think we last saw him in a Miles book. Helmsman kind of reminds me of him for some reason.
2: I th- I think uh Maker's been in many Venom. different places. Yeah. yeah, he's been in Venom, he's been in Future Foundation, uh, the Miles Book. If he has been in that, I'm afraid I haven't been reading those ones, but the Miles book, uh not really sure what else actually.
0: <laughs> okay. And as for the henchman, is he I feel like I've seen that henchman somewhere before and I'm not being able to place it, but it looks incredibly familiar to me and I don't know yeah. why. He he has a generic kind of alien look. Oh, no, he's still cool-looking, though, but anyway. He is cool. So
1: they're after lockboxes, and Nick Fury contacts Sue and sends her after the only lockbox left, which is conveniently located in the Latvian embassy.
2: <laughs> of and course also, it is. Of course, of course it, it is. Of <laughs> course it
0: is. But um, we also have to point out that uh, this is Nick Fury Jr. she is talking yes. to, not yep. Nick.
1: Not the new watcher, Nick Fury.
0: Right. Okay. Just
1: so this, this, this
2: kind yeah. of feeds back to um, the Mark Wade Invisible Woman run, where it turns out that Invisible Woman also moonlights as a, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. basically.
1: She's yes. a secret super spy for S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they conscript someone who can become invisible? Seriously.
2: Yeah, and force fields and all that kind of stuff.
0: Sue's a badass. Yeah.
1: Oh, meanwhile, Valeria and her dad work on a telepod science project, and Franklin works on being a mutant hipster. <laughs> it's a mutant thing, you wouldn't understand it. <laughs> also, Ben and Alicia decide to homeschool the kiddos after their concerning reactions in anticipation of their first day of fourth grade. <laughs> that was so
2: I, great. I love those kids, <laughs> I love those <laughs> they have the best thing about this issue. Like, they, they, they were ready moment. to.
1: They were ready to conquer fourth grade.
0: Quite literally. And and get them up to grade 20. Yeah. <laughs> and infiltration was not the way to go, apparently. But, you know, we'll talk about Nikki later. She yeah. winds up saving the day. So over at the Latverian
1: embassy, Sue watches Doom stand by and watch as he's robbed by the creature. He states there's no point in trying to stop it. It's too powerful. So he blows up the container. But it turns out it's the wrong (laughs) lockbox. But where's the real one? Doom knows. Richards! (laughs) After a call home from Sue, everybody heads out to stop the Beyond Omega level threat, just as the creature destroys the Baxter building with the Fantastics in it. Because the last lockbox is in the basement.
2: In the sub, sub, sub basement. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Three uh.
1: the team arrives on the scene and franklin uses up the last of his incredible power against the creature which does absolutely nothing
0: it did nothing but uh franklin impressed him um i also want to point out that collar that he's wearing uh i don't think he's doing the helmsman's bidding willingly he, he most certainly
1: is not and if the helmsman can keep him under control look out yeah if that's just a henchman, wow. Yeah. So back at 4 Yancey Street, Val and the kids are stinkers. They're helpful stinkers, <laughs> but stinkers nonetheless. And they hijack the fantastic car and head out to
0: help. Nikki's impression of she Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we would like to, we're a military organization and we need a car. And she was like, sure. And also, I, I, think- love, I love that Val cannot pass her driver's test. She's so smart. And she can't pass the driver's test.
2: I, th- I think my, my other favorite bit was just like when Alicia's there and she's like kids, I'm, I'm blind. I don't know. What, what are you doing? <laughs> and they're like and, and Valeria's like, hey, just put it in the trunk. They
1: just,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just carried around these things to put in the back Poor of the Poor
1: Alicia. These these children need to learn to respect her authority.
0: <laughs> they're never going to respect yeah. her authority. Although kids. I think it's their cool. mother. Yeah. <laughs> I think Nikki does to some extent but that's about it. <laughs> Anyway,
1: anyway, at the same time, a depowered Franklin runs to a Krakoa gate to get help, and he finds he can no longer use it.
0: That sucks.
2: Yeah, that sucks. That's, that's awful. Poor kid.
1: And back with the rest of the team, it turns out that what was in this lockbox also isn't what this guy was looking for either.
0: <laughs> oh, shit.
1: It's the Zero Force the source of pre-primordial power that can overwrite one universe with another because it's a Fantastic Four issue.
2: Of course, yeah.
0: So this Helmsman, you have this thing that can freaking overwrite universes and this is not what you wanted? Like, you should just what? take it anyway. He doesn't
2: want to overwrite himself. So. Yeah,
0: no, that's true. But like, he's just like, and then he just like yeets off, like, yeah, see ya. <laughs> Yeah, all
2: right, whatever. <laughs> just and have fun with up. that
1: guys. Yeah,
0: and then and then Doom is all like I can't believe you discovered this before me.
1: Uh. <laughs> Cause that is all Doom cares about.
0: <laughs> right. Oh uh. again, because it's a fantastic four issue.
1: So Val and the kids arrive and save the day by dropping the telepod she was working on into the Zero Force, which reconfigures it into a forever gate. A door to every point in space and time, unstoppable, immovable, and in the Baxter Building, or the pile of rubble that used to be the Baxter Building. Reed reclaims their old home, and the Fantastics, who are okay by the way, tap out. That's it, they're done. That's it.
0: I'm, no and Reed's like, "What the hell did you do, Valeria? This is bad." <laughs> and she's like.
2: I'm I'm actually really liking how Valeria is like taking on being smarter than her dad, and uh, this kind of makes me want like a future Fantastic Four story where it's Valeria taking the kind of like the Reed role, but hopefully not doing everything wrong like almost all of the time like Reed does.
0: I really want to see yeah. Moon Girl and Valeria team up. Technically, <laughs> Moon Girl's smarter than Valeria, but I don't know like i just they're on yancy street and there's no moon girl and i'm just like come on but larry you've got a really good friend here that shares similar interests. make them friends (laughs) and and, you know nikki and joe van could have ended up in moon girl's classroom they could have they're on the same street right and i think they would they would be good friends too just i'm just saying (laughs)
2: I don't know. I feel like Moon Girl would just just have enough of their shit by the time by the <laughs> yeah, time I'm the end of the it. first day.
0: <laughs> She'd be like, I'm done with you.
2: Yeah. I think I think Valeria and Moon Girl make the much better pair, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you.
0: Oh. The fact that they're not like BFS kind of makes me sad. Yeah. yeah. Well speaking of the kids, the story
1: ends with Ben and Alicia wondering if they made the right decision in homeschooling the kids. But Val and Franklin turned out to be perfectly well-adjusted, right? <laughs> right?
0: Right? Yeah, you've got you've got Val, like, scribbling over her walls, like, I'm gonna show dad up! And then you've got poor Franklin, he's torn down all his mutant posters and everything, and I'm just like, oh, poor kid.
2: <laughs> I, I, I feel like they are turning into, like, just slightly smaller versions of their parents at this point. Maybe oh, Franklin less yeah. so, but Valeria definitely.
0: Oh yeah, she's her dad's daughter for sure. Yeah, you know,
1: it's kind of like Valeria is coming into her own as a member of the Fantastic Four, and Franklin's still trying to figure out who he is. Yeah. 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 So,
0: um, we had, we a, had bonus a bonus theory?
1: story at the end. The Watchers back. A war is coming with this mysterious first race we heard about in Empire, and the Watchers are abusing their technology. So, Watch who conscripts Nick Fury as his herald. Let the non-interfering interfering begin.
2: <laughs> also, I'm I'm so glad that the exiles got a mention here. Like uh, the exiles book by Saladin mm-hmm. Ahmed, it was super fun, and uh, yeah, I'm just really glad it got mentioned on this one.
0: Yeah, they got a shout out. There was this that really cool page with all the um, what everyone's been up to as Uatu catches yeah, up with uh, what's so been going on. So
2: many cool references there. Yeah, so many.
0: Um, and there was a letters page.
1: It, there's just everything in this issue. Uh, that We have a new letters page. It's going to be illustrated by Will Robson. And he's made little emojis for everyone in the family. <laughs> and it's managed by everybody's favorite mailman, Willie Lumpkin. So write the Fantastic Four team some letters and be nice. That first letter was rude.
0: It was rude. And uh, if you want to write them, it's mheroes at marvel.com.
1: So wow, a lot happened in this issue. Dan has set us up for a whole bunch of new adventures. Yeah.
2: Literally, literally, there is so much room for new adventures now. <laughs> like, oh
0: my gosh. Every moment not, of all of time. <laughs> not just, not just Fantastic Four either. Like, that's like the whole Marvel universe. Can, I, I, can I think
2: there's certain parts of the Marvel universe we don't want getting hold of this. <laughs> like... yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And there's no hiding it. The gate's no. there. That's where it stays.
0: And they have to. They have to. Uh, unless they build a building around it. But. Well, which we... what
1: they're gonna do? Yeah. They're gonna do building.
0: But you have to. They have to sit and stand guard over this thing, to protect it so and that's why uh reed's kind of pissed at valeria yeah valeria thinks it's the coolest thing ever but yeah
2: are they going to reform the illuminati do you reckon
1: i I don't think sue is going to let him do that
2: no i don't (laughs) especially (laughs) because it was mentioned in this issue like it was specifically called out
0: yeah there's a problem with secrets in this family yeah, and they've they've decided that they're not hiding secrets from each other because he's like you're a spy for for Nick, huh? And she's like you're secret Illuminati, and she had more secrets that he kept from her than her from him. So oh
2: yeah, no, definitely. But, but I mean, would you of... would you guys? Sorry, I was just about to say, would you guys be open to a new like a new Illuminati no. book? No, no, okay.
0: They all fucked I'll everything uh... up. The Illuminati <laughs> just is a bunch of dudes thinking they know what's best for everyone, and they're wrong. I don't know. Sorry. Reed and
2: Beast were but, on the team, so I completely agree.
0: I mean, if it was all <laughs> women, if you had like an Illuminati women like Sue and Medusa and Carol and maybe, I don't know who else, but they would actually get shit done in a way that would help everyone. I think, but you know, whatever. Women get shit done. Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: but a tying back
1: into the secrets between Reed and Sue... That's one of the things I love about the writing on this. Yeah. We've got cosmic threats and family drama, and both are given equal weight, which is really what you want to see in a Fantastic Four comic.
0: Yes. Agreed.
1: I love the bickering bad guys. I like bad guys with personality. Yes.
2: Yeah, that was quite good. I did yeah. like the back and back and forth between those two.
1: Yeah. And we had a vocabulary word of the day. Why well, call him a cormorant? It's a bird that's good at fishing, and I guess the helmsman is actually using him to fish for stuff. Humans actually have used cormorants to fish with, which is a horrible method where a fisherman ties a snare around a bird's throat that only lets it swallow small fish. So if it catches a large fish, it gets stuck, and the fisherman pulls it out of the bird's mouth.
2: Yeah, that's a bit grim.
1: Isn't it? It's also an old-timey word for a voracious eater or glutton. Interesting.
2: Yeah, who who says comics can't be educational, right? There you go.
1: <laughs> and the kids continue to be just the cutest thing ever. I love them. Adding kids to a team can be a crapshoot, but Dan has made them one of the best parts of the book. And we get just enough of them to keep us wanting more. Yeah, you know, there, there's no scrappy do's on this team. No. <laughs>
2: So aging up Valeria and Franklin, I think, has been a real benefit to this book as well. Um, you know, if, if if being a teen works for Miss Marvel and Spider-Man, then it's certainly going to work for Franklin and Valeria.
1: And it sets them apart from their new cousins. Yes. Yeah. So we don't just have a bunch of little kids running around. We've got teenagers and some fourth graders. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know how old fourth graders are.
2: <laughs> and maybe room for more... Um, uh, future Foundation potentially, you know, but, yeah. but slightly older future, future Foundation.
0: Agreed. I would love to see more Future Foundation. That was a book that did not get its due justice.
1: It's so much happened in this issue, and this even got some jokes that'll just pass right by you if you're not paying attention, like Nick Junior complimenting Sue's outfit. <laughs> she's she's invisible. <laughs> and Bobby, Johnny, and Bobby being cool with each other. <laughs> We got Johnny making dad jokes now.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. I mean this this was a real great issue and uh, I, I loved it. I loved it.
1: And the art, RB oh my Silva's God. art is just so beautiful. I'm so and glad
0: they got RB Silva on Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah. And I love all the little Kirby touches at Four Yancey Street and the Kirby Crackle. During Franklin's fight? Yes. Holy shit. And you know the kids are adorable and they're obviously small children. The teenagers look like teenagers. And on page fourteen <laughs> Reed is John Krasinski. Okay, is he being paid <laughs> for the use of his likeness because that's John Krasinski?
2: I'm so glad it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I looked at it and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah, i'm and- so glad it wasn't me just me who noticed that one i mean yeah. somebody really wants him as reed right
0: right and then you know over in spider woman we have jennifer connelly as the yeah. crew so um apparently the artists are trying to uh make some hints here
2: well i mean you know it worked for the ultimates didn't it so <laughs> yeah,
0: right? yeah. that is true um oh, he would be a good read though he would. okay worked, with that yeah. casting I'm totally on board with that casting. He would be an excellent read if he was Reed and Emily Blunt was Sue. I'd be happy. I'm there for that. Yes, absolutely.
1: The new Fantastic Four uniforms are styling.
0: Oh, I love them with the jacket. That's so yeah. fantastic. It's, no pun intended. <laughs> but <Ba-dum>. yeah, it's <laughs> really good.
2: Yeah, I did. I did like that. I like how it's. Um, it it almost feels like a. Like a f- a fresh take on the Fantastic Four again, yeah. And um, you know, with the new uniforms, the the writing is is just on point again. Um, I I feel like we're we're in for another twenty five issues now.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, Dan Slott, I feel like has finally hit his stride with the group, the team, and um, if we can still keep, if, if I hope RB Silva stays on the book because <laughs> wow, I
1: I need him to stay on the book at least until Medusa and Black Bolt show up because he is so good at drawing them.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: They drew the he drew the issues with um, Oron.
2: Did he? I didn't realize that. Yeah,
1: uncanny in, uncanny in humans. Yeah, that's the one with Oron.
0: Oron is one of the coolest looking Inhumans ever, and I'm so glad they brought her back, even though she's kind of MIA at the moment. But yes.
1: And Jesus Arbatov brought his A game to this issue. Every page is just gorgeous. And I can't help but notice how blue it is inside their house.
0: Yes, they they
1: they are sticking to that
0: theme. Yeah, they are.
2: I kind of mentioned it with Marvel's X issue. I think it was issue four, wasn't it? Where they um, they actually coloured like the entire shield around the Baxter mm-hmm. building like that fantastic four blue. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love how much like I, I don't think I don't think I've appreciated it up until now really but just the thoughts that go into actually how to color a page and color choices and that kind of stuff and I think uh
0: are artists in their own right and they deserve just as much love as the the line artist does in my opinion yeah absolutely they just they just tie
2: everything to yeah they they tie everything together so amazingly
0: colorists are important hug your favorite colorist guys
2: (laughs) (laughs) After 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 the global pandemic, yeah. obviously, yeah,
0: no no touching right <laughs> now, please. Internet hugs, internet <laughs> hugs. Oh,
1: Dan Slot is on a roll, and the book is total eye candy. We've got some major implications going forward coming out of just this one issue. We've got the new Forever Gate. We're gonna get the family exploring again. And yeah, I really hope that's what they do with the movie, because they need something to set them apart from the rest of the MCU.
2: Yeah, and and with Dan Slott being like such a massive Doctor Who fan, I kind of want this to be like a Doctor Who-esque run from now on. Um, You know, Doctor Who, the Doctor was kind of supposed to abide by a rule that says they don't interfere with events, which is ignored like all the time. And, like and every Time Lords. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the the Time Lords traditionally are supposed to be almost like Watchers, which obviously the Doctor and the Master and Rani and all those other Time Lords yep. don't really abide by. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just hope it goes down that route because I can see it and I can see it working so well.
0: Yeah, and if anyone could pull it off, I think it would be Dan. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we get down actually right in Doctor Who.
1: <laughs> We've got the family heading back to the Baxter building. Well, an entirely new Baxter building, but the Baxter building nonetheless. And, you know, I think I'm going to miss them living at 4 Yancey Street, though, because it was cute. <laughs> It was. but you was know, this like...
0: townhouse
1: that's infinitely large on the inside.
2: <laughs> Literally bigger on the inside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I could, like, see Valeria, like, still going there to do shit without her parents. Kind of like having a secret lair like Moon Girl has. Just saying.
2: <laughs> that would be funny. That would be good.
1: Huh. I'm sure Ben will still keep it.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, definitely. I think, yeah. I think Ben and Alicia will still stay there by, yeah. by you know, by all means.
1: Um, and it might, you know, pass by you because so much is going on, but Victorious is going to be hanging around. She's so- going to stay and be the uh, ambassador for Letviria, which could be a recipe for a relationship drama between Johnny and Skye. Um, oh Victorious no. and Johnny were quite interested in each other when she first showed up in the first, the second arc.
2: Yeah.
0: Got it.
1: I...
2: Interesting. I mean that that could be that could be interesting, couldn't it? Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, we all love a little bit of family drama, a little bit of a uh, little bit of soap opera in there.
0: <laughs> well, would we rather have Victorious and Johnny together or Johnny and Sky? Considering who Victorious is the ambassador for, hmm. uh, uh, I, I'm warming I, I, up I, to
2: Sky. I, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be you know spanner in the works. I I reckon Johnny and Victorious will be fine. Nothing bad could go wrong there, right? No, nothing,
0: nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Just a little Romeo and Juliet for your fantastic four.
2: Um, oh, it, exactly. It's it's poetic. It's it's right. you know, it's right. a it's a classic Shakespeare retelling. It's it's perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ends in tears. Yeah. Speaking of ending in tears, Franklin's loss of powers. Oh, uh, yeah. S- yeah, Snooty X Men. So much for his new pals.
0: Yeah, you don't have powers, you're not good enough. See you later.
1: But, you know, I really don't think the mutants are going to give up on their prize so soon, which is terrifying, because we know how mutants who lost their powers on M-Day can get them back. Oh, God. Is Franklin going to have to fight Apocalypse? Will he do something reckless and the X-Men are going to drop off a shiny new Franklin at 100% power? (laughs) Sue will kill them all.
0: I kind of wanna see that though. No. Oh
2: me too. I, I I would like to see Sue take on like the might of the X-Men and just take him out. That'd be that'd be perfect. Like a mother's wrath is just just kills everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: But I, it it leads me on to like question uh Franklin's powers in general. Because it was kind of briefly alluded to back in what like the early days of this run. Mm-hmm where his power is finite and and which kind of says to me, he has one charge yeah and it's like does it come from somewhere would resurrecting him even help because if the power comes from somewhere and is the power is what makes him a mutant does now that there's none left kind of mean that he's never going to be a mutant even if he's resurrected it's
1: i think the x-men are going to be willing to find out (laughs) I I
2: wouldn't. I'm not going to put anything past them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we remember how interested Sinister was in getting his hands on Franklin's
0: DNA.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I I, I also kind of want to go back to Sue wanting to kill them all because she was able to hold off that very significant foe that Franklin wasn't Mm. able to do anything with, but she was able. Her shield held against it.
1: Yeah. Mm. So yeah, she is. She's probably the most powerful Fantastic Four member next to Franklin at full power.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, or you've got, you know, Stretch Armstrong who's just really clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> and the fact that resurrection is a secret.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I'm 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 wondering if Marvel is now looking at a way to kind of reveal it to the rest of the MU and uh that would be that would be a nice kind of elegant way of doing it.
1: Cuz you're you're trying to tr- you're going to trust a
0: teenager not to blab. They would try and have to keep... They would find a way to keep him on Karkoa. Yeah. Or they would find some sort of threat to make him keep his mouth shut.
2: Well, yeah, and, and both yeah. of those things would be totally on brand for the current X-Men.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting. Because we, we know how Chuck feels about Reed. <laughs>
2: There's another guy who was on the Illuminati.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another reason why it's a really bad idea to bring them
2: back. <laughs> yeah, that's true actually because yeah, when do when do you think that Charles was on it? Beast replaced him <laughs> at one point, but Charles was on it. Uh, he had what Iron Man, Black Bolt, uh, Reed, Black Panther. All of them are very like morally corrupt people.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. What else do we have? We've got we've got a new
0: mysterious cosmic threat.
1: We don't know who these guys are, and is the Watchers' War related to them?
0: That's a great question. Well,
1: yeah. And what do they need all that stuff for?
0: What are they looking for? If the freaking Zero Force isn't what they were looking for, what the fuck are they looking for? And who has it? Right. Are they looking for Infinity Stones? Because currently, two of them are in different people. Uh, no, they were looking for a bunch of weird, random stuff.
2: Yeah, because like it, devices it, it was,
0: and artifacts, and, right, and lockboxes, and some of them were old. Yeah. yeah, they had like no correlation with each other.
2: Some of them were old. Some of them were new. So it was borrowed. Some of them was blue. No, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I I I just love like seeing the scale of the fallout from Empire. Because this is, I mean, this is technically speaking kind of a Fallout uh, fallout from Empire book um, because you've got all the like the little extra story at the end of Nick Fury and the Watcher. And right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really intrigued by all this and everything is slowly sort of like starting to <clears throat> join together slightly. Because you've got, like, you know, the, the fact that S.W.O.R.D. have got their own team from Fallout of the of the Empire book. You've got this stuff in Fantastic Four. You've got, you know, all the kind of stuff in the Cosmic Marvel, uh, uh, all the Cosmic Marvel stuff. Right, Guardians the
0: Galaxy, you've got direct yeah. Fallout from Empire there with, you know, the the Scree alliance and what's going on with that.
2: And it just feels like everything is subtly kind of like starting to pull against each other. You know, you've you've got the X Men kind of making themselves felt, you've got the the Guardians getting involved in universal politics and, and then you've got the Fantastic Four given the ability to get to any place in space and time, basically. And it all feels very um What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? It all feels a little bit scary when you think of it. it's ominous ominous, yeah, that's what ominous is is a good way of describing it's it.
0: shit's about to hit the fan in a way that has nothing to do with null because that's a different kind of shit hitting the fan,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean no, I mean if you throw null in that mix, I think everybody's just knackered after that, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think it's gonna be a slow build up to whatever it is because we've still got all these other things coming. we've got. The King in Black event. We've got Korvac in there somewhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But the the, the other thing I kind of uh, I kind of thought of, which um I'm not entirely sure how much you're gonna agree with, is I'm kind of getting black science vibes from all of this.
1: Oh God, no, no! Grant's like like the worst version of Reed, other than the Maker. Maybe, He's like maybe Reed it... and Doom smushed into one person. <laughs> I mean, did you finish it yet?
2: I I didn't, but did I, 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 think, I think let me, let me let me let me rephrase um, that. It's it's a, it's a good me. version of black black science. <laughs> 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 it's the Fantastic Four version of black science. It's. <laughs>
0: But either way, I was thinking of the maker, so the, the,
2: the, it would be interesting if it was the maker. But I, I think I need to go back and find books, you know, and and read all the books that he's featured in.
0: Right. So has just... there has
2: been a surprising amount, actually?
0: Yeah. And just the helmet. I was looking at the helmet, and I was like, mm, I could see the maker kind of rebranding himself, or maybe an alternate, alternate read. <laughs> And another maker. God yeah. help us all. The,
1: the ship though was pretty impressive for the maker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But
1: I don't think it's time to mess with Venom and everybody and and build himself a giant spaceship too.
0: No, it sounds like they're on. Like, do they want things to do with this universe? Like, I'm, i still. It sounds like they came here to get something and then are going to eat off this universe and go to another one or something, which would make that Forever Gate very relevant.
2: Well, it's interesting because um, in Venom. Maker was trying to experiment on, like, uh, who was it? He was trying to basically get Venom to be able to get to the back to the ultimate universe. Because in the ultimate universe, Venom is a man-made symbiote. Mm-hmm. And basically allows them to travel through the multiverse. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. What's and, um,
0: interesting is that Gwen's symbiote is also man-made and synthetic.
2: Yeah, which, I mean, it's probably following on from that. It's probably taking the the inspiration from Ultimate Venom because it basically just allowed them to travel through the multiverse.
0: Hmm. So. Interesting.
2: Yeah, so if it is the Maker, then that would be very interesting because, um, you know, maybe he's trying to build something that would slam himself into the other universe or something.
1: Yeah, but you know, Doom did mention that he's been tracking them and they're not from here.
2: Ah, yeah, there we go.
0: <laughs> but the maker's not from here either, right? Technically speaking.
2: But he he would have he, he would have built whatever he built here though. Yeah.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, I get you what you're saying. Yeah,
1: these... yes. Huh. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're tied to that new first race that's been brought up.
0: There always seems to be a new first race.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: The first, 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 the first race.
0: First, first, first. <laughs> <The> prequel. <Four. laughs> Do they even come before the
1: progenitors? Like progenitors, I think, are younger than celestials, and then the builders are older than. But these are older than right? the
0: builders. This first race is older than the builders. Yeah. So my question is, though, that like, if he's tied to that first race, but he also doesn't seem to be from this universe, is what Doom is saying.
2: Potentially, yeah. It's a mystery. Yeah, we will find out. I'm, I'm sure we will. <laughs> keep,
0: we'll find out. It's just going to be a while because, yeah. again, Dan Slott is clearly in cahoots with Al Ewing and they're playing the long game.
2: I think I think they're all in cahoots at the moment I think, oh, yeah. I, think they, I think they might as well just have like you know their zoom meetings where they were just like slowly adding different people right I think and, now it's just it's just a company-wide meeting it so. has to be
0: because they started putting Al Ewing on the zoom meetings and I said oh either he's on an x-book or his cosmic shit's tying into what the x-men are doing so he has to be and it
2: was both it was both
0: oh, yeah
1: So in conclusion, this series is a must read. Add it to your poll list. We're gonna give my highest recommendation possible. So good I had to use the We Rate Dog scale. Thirteen out of ten lock jaws.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think this we we've just spent like half an hour talking about this issue, so I think it kind of it kind of shows just how much we enjoyed it and uh how much you know. there was
0: in it it was just it, well, yeah it was packed it, but not drugged down at all like there's so much information in this issue and when you get issues like this with all this information it can sometimes drag down and bog the story down and it didn't like dan slot balanced this issue perfectly it's literally a perfect comic
2: yep it, it really is it was it was so good intrigue to keep me going as well as good written dialogue and everything family drama to uh to balance itself out yeah it's brilliant so speaking of uh Speaking of recommendations and us recommending you the books, don't forget, you guys can recommend us books. Um, we read all the emails you send us, all of the tweets you send us. So please feel free to get in touch. Um, on Twitter, we are at Rising one and our email address is theshowatatalanrising.com. So yeah, once you if you get into contact with us, we, can, uh, we will put your name into a hat and uh, kind of draw a name at the end of the year just to uh, have some sort of prize draw, and you can win some cool stuff.
0: Uh, Yeah, Lynn uh, has gotten to the point where I think uh, she has so much swag that she needs to start giving it away. So please.
1: So, so much Inhumans stuff. I I have a talent for finding strange Inhuman objects.
0: How do you Uh, do it? Because I know you recently got the backstage pass.
1: Yes, I got a Grateful Dead backstage pass from 1995 with black bolt on it
0: so awesome
1: it's awesome i don't know i think i searched for it enough that stuff just starts to find me
0: it's like ebay's got your algorithm down they're like hey
1: hey we know who's gonna buy this (laughs) yeah this
2: single this single one specific user
1: (laughs) inhuman guitar strap send it to her wow where'd you find that was that ebay
0: too that that one was on Amazon, actually. I have wow. You'll that's have to send, that's good. You'll have to send me yeah. a picture of it because I didn't see that one. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: It's uh, so... it, it it is amazing the stuff that you find. Like <laughs> we inevitably get a picture of it, and it's just like wow that 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 I didn't realize that needed to exist, but I'm glad it does. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so again, write to us, and you have a chance to get swag. It might not be. A- H pass or a guitar strap, but it'll still be awesome.
2: But on that note, I think uh, I think we say thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next episode.